Welcome to Just the Tip America with your host, Dr. Bill. We invite you to join an open discussion about what Just the Tip really means. There is so much going on in today's world. It is simply overwhelming. We provide a sanctuary to take a breath, catch up, and clear your mind. Welcome, Dr. Bill with uh, Just the Tip. It's going to be Ken Heller today. And uh, Ken is a wonderful friend uh, from the past. Uh, in the days that I was working for the government doing super secret spy stuff, uh, he was stationed in Southern California uh, at UCLA as a plant. And once uh, we had what we needed out of Ken, uh, he went mainstream and started working uh, for UCLA and administration. There's some wonderful stories there. He has reached out uh, based on you, and I thank our our viewing audience for that, but because of the uh, horsepower that our social media productions have had, uh, Ken found us, uh, sought us out, and we rekindled some non-romantic uh, relationships again, and it's been wonderful. Ken, welcome to the show. We have, just so you know, we have a couple things. We've got, you're perfectly safe. Uh, Cody is uh, K9, head of our K9 security team. He's uh, patrolling uh, perimeter, making it safe for us to uh, educate and entertain. I have uh, Shelby and Jose in uh, marketing and production, making sure that uh, this taping goes flawlessly. Uh, I'm going to have Shelby step in just for a second and tell us, uh, tell all of my uh, listening audience. Is singular audience or is there a plural of audience? <laughs> Audie, uh, our, our listening Audie, uh, how to get a hold of us. Sure. So, yeah, you can find us on most of the um, uh, podcast platforms such as Spotify, Apple, uh, Google. Um, you can always catch us on YouTube at Just the Tip America. We're on um, most of the social media platforms, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, you're going to look for Just the Tip America. And you can always find us at our website at justthetipamerica.com. Wow. As the young lady who does my Manny uh, Petties downtown says, I must be famous. Very good. <laughs> Ken. Welcome to the show. Uh, I know that um, you are a longtime friend and never listener to our show. So uh, thank you for joining us. Give us your background, Ken. I, I don't want to screw that up after all the months of preparation we've done. Um, uh, first of all, thank you. And, and thank you for uh, taking uh, some time out. Uh, and I want to share with our audience what you have done for UCLA. Uh, for those of most of our listeners who don't really understand what higher education is, UCLA is um, <laughs> University of California, Los Angeles. Uh, I actually did three weeks there in a course and almost made it through in the 70s. So uh, Ken, tell us your role wow. at, at UCLA. I uh, uh, Number one, thank you for the invitation, Dr. Bill. It's an honor. Uh, to um, to add to my portfolio of, of experiences that 
I will want to share with as many people as I possibly can. Uh, but thank you truly for the invitation. That'll be two people. <laughs> That's all you can possibly do today. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm anticipating that 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 may grow, but who who could tell? You know. Um, so uh, my relationship with with UCLA, um, I first attended there and uh, started my my uh, relationship there in 1972. Um, and uh, I, I could say quite honestly that I had a, a remarkably great time when I was there. Um, academically, I uh, I had a great time. Great <laughs> uh, show. Uh, but fortunately, while I, I was there, I had a lot of uh, experiences in um, in staging events. Uh, concerts and films oh. and, and uh, speakers and so when I when I graduated uh, they offered me a job and they uh, uh, said we need someone who knew as much about uh, concerts as I did and after a, a short stint elsewhere I accepted the job and uh, I thought truly it would be uh, it would be my gateway to the entertainment industry and I'd wait for that big job to come along and uh, gosh and then in, in uh, 2015 um, uh, it was time for me to leave UCLA uh, wow. so uh, uh, I realized that between my time as a student and my time as an administrator there it was uh, it, it was an extraordinary run uh, a fair amount of that time I worked with the student organizations that staged uh, all the entertainment program. So ran the gamut from concerts for 20,000 people to coffee houses to uh, presenting speakers uh, uh, and uh, teaching students how to exhibit films. And then also being someone who trained students who wanted to be in the entertainment industry. And then my, my latter years there, probably my last 15 years, I was also um, an assistant dean of students. So I found myself, in addition to working with those who wanted to be there, uh, working with those students who uh, found themselves um, having some challenges being there. And so I often was one of the deans who would work with the students and on occasion be the one to say, I'm very sorry, I think it's time for you to find another institution to be associated with. Uh, but it was a, a remarkable place to be, who could ask for a, a better place to work than working with students who truly loved what they were doing. So in, in the in the late 70s, early 80s, and, and, and let me frame this discussion, UCLA is right in the middle of a sunset in, in Los Angeles. At, at that time, am I correct? It was like 40 acres of institution. Yeah, right in the middle. So it was, it was a huge facility. And when you started the, or when you were going there, how, how many students were there? When um, I started, the, uh, the campus population was, uh, it was about... 20,000 undergraduates and a shy of 10,000 graduates. So uh, now I, th I think we're probably up to, they're up to, I think, closer to 40. Yeah. So you 30 know, to 40,000 population on 40 acres in the middle of uh, Los Angeles uh, relative to when I was 
you and I are about the same age. I was at UC Irvine, relatively new campus, uh, and about I think you know seven thousand, eight thousand people. So really, uh, uh, quite overshadowed by the enormity of the size of the campus and uh, the population. That was a time we had we had been uh, uh, good friends through. You did nod my head there. I, I lost you there just oh, for a moment. You, we were at, uh, we were good friends in high school. I went away to prison. I mean, medical school, and then I came back uh, as an intern and resident, uh, working in uh, Southern California, uh, ninety-hour days. And he would call, uh, Ken would call me periodically and say, "You have some clean jeans and a blue blazer." And I go, "I don't remember." And he goes, "Well, try to find something, and I'll pick you up." What are we doing? Oh, we're going to a concert. I don't have time or money for that. Uh, we're going to eat out here. We're listening to some new music. I don't have time or money for that. Right. So I found the time and the money was a non-issue. Uh, you were basically reviewing all this talent outside of UCLA and you were the player who was going to say, yes, you can come in and do a concert. And these were the days. Tell us a little bit about those days. Wow. Well, it was um, it was it was a great time to be uh, associated with the with the you know music industry. Um, you know, even while I was in college, uh, I was fortunate enough my my college roommate was the the campus rep for CBS Records, so they didn't pay a lot, but that meant we had all the records we could eat, and his job was when a new record came out to get that record to. Uh, college uh, newspapers and radio stations. But probably the best part was the fact that it also came along with concert tickets. Right. So there was something pretty remarkable at that period of time of uh, going to see Billy Joel or Bruce Springsteen at the Roxy, you know, with, you know, 500 seats. For free. Or, <laughs> uh, well, the, the free part was irrelevant. Oh, and they opened tabs. Yes. <laughs> oh, nice. Because there, there was a, uh, I, I think later they may have discovered this wasn't the case, but they believed that um, uh, the college students would actually change uh, the trajectory of, of an artist. And it was good to have them as, as part of the listening audience. But they really believe that a great review or uh, uh, you know playing the record would enhance. As though at that point, you know, uh, Springsteen needed another college student to listen to what they were, uh, what he was playing. But it was a really remarkable time to to be associated, and we we had we had great friends at other labels. Uh, so everything from while you were in school. And then later, a lot of those relationships allowed us to to build relationships with with record labels, and uh, so those record labels were always interested in having uh, their newest artists, um, who people hadn't discovered, play at uh, college campuses. And I was also involved with a, a national organization that was responsible for uh, bringing college college talent buyers together. And so we would have national conferences and regional conferences. And the idea was, gosh, we want to book this band. But gosh, if we book three dates in over five days, 
And so we'll route them, we'll go to Los Angeles, we might go to Fresno, might go to Berkeley, that the price would drop. So we had these wonderful conferences, uh, which were uh, uh, partially educational. And in uh, the other times during the conference, they were highly educational uh, for, for other reasons. But, but nonetheless, you got a chance to deal with agencies. So over the course of time, a lot of my job was working with students, helping them, as, as someone once said, think about it. What are the three most challenging things that people have to deal with in, in their life that they really have to understand and create relationships? It's money, people, and power. And unfortunately, or fortunately, the concert business has all three. So you have someone's money to spend that you don't have to worry about whether or not it's going to be a financial disaster or not, not that people would book for that reason, but you got to be creative. So you had money that you didn't have to worry about, uh, people learning to, to you know work with people, and the relationships. So sem so many of those students went on in the entertainment business and went on to uh, be the presidents of, of record labels and television networks. Uh, and fortunately, I, uh, uh, I was able to maintain relationships with, with many of those students. So uh, it, it made it uh, so much easier to also introduce new students to those students who had already made it. So I became kind of that way station of, great, you're now in this business. Let me introduce you to someone who did this five years ago and is now doing things you want to be doing. Wow. You know, this raises a whole bunch of interesting topics, but, but the first thing from a selfish point of view, with all of these relationships you've maintained, uh, is my uh, bullshit album collection marketable? Does anyone use albums anymore? I Actually, uh, I know that she's Googling it. Uh, Shelby's Googling and she doesn't know what an album is. She's so far near, it's kind of like a CD, but more digital uh, or less I, digital. I have... Uh, three initial responses one um offline if you'd like um i can uh take you through the workshop on how to turn an album into a bowl or an ashtray <laughs> uh, it doesn't take long uh oven works well good don't use my way uh so that's that's answer one answer two is my son happens to uh, be in the business of reselling records and stays very much on top of the current value. So I'm sure if you were to generate a list of all those titles that he could uh, in turn be able to tell you what the value was. And for those that have a higher value, I'm, no doubt he'll quote you a lower value. And, uh, but, but that's how you make a living. Um, no, I'm, I'm, uh, that's, that's one. And then... Um, uh, the fact of the matter is, is that um, vinyl is coming back. It has come back. And, uh, you know, think about it. The new Taylor Swift album is available as vinyl. It's even available as a cassette. Yeah, for those of uh, our listeners who missed it, I think Taylor Swift was here a couple weeks ago, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, and she was talking yeah, I, about the new vinyl show. I thought it was a dress she was talking about. Wasn't that, was that right before I understood that the whole reason that the Ticketmaster system went down Folded. was right after he did the interview with you. 
Yeah, Rogan was pissed off because uh, we got we got Taylor Swift on that. Um, a couple things. Well, first, uh, get a hold of Ken's son's contacts. I think we found uh, we can hustle another sponsor here. Yeah, we. I don't know if we have time for another sponsor. But th this begs the other question. When you mentioned that at that time in the 80s, that uh, college students' campuses were looked at as kind of a benchmark or a metric of, of how successful an artist might be. I think I, I heard you say that. Uh, and that they were sought after audiences. Is that still the same four decades later? I think that uh, it's not a misplaced belief that um, colleges are still a great place to break new new acts. Um, you know, the internet certainly is a, a, a different uh, method and it's a pretty successful method. The need for a major record deal is not as great uh, only because um, people can break in. But when it comes to performing, yes, playing in front of a college audience does have an impact. Why? Because college students are influencers and uh, tastes quite often are, are generated. I think we give it a little too much credit sometimes over the years because uh, I, I think audiences on college campuses may not be as eclectic as we want them to be. Eclectic meaning open to brand new, uh, you know, genres of music. But you can generally find an audience for almost any kind of music on a college campus. Because people are looking for that. When uh, we talk about we carry the same theme and I know and, and everyone at this point knows five minutes into uh, hearing me uh, that I mentor a lot of comics uh, Chappelle Seinfeld uh, a lot of guys that were really struggling and, and spent just a, a few thousand dollars at my uh, workshop in Southern California New York and how they changed their things and really made their way professionally there's a lot of noise in the last few years about cancel culture on uh, campuses and not so much musicians unless they show their political taste, but uh, comics who may be uh, using material that uh, is not as desirable for, for college students to hear, though we were hoping that those were the the groups with open minds. You see that, this is what I hear. Did you see that cancel culture negatively impacting comics uh, at, at, at university programs and audiences? Um, I have a, a remarkable memory of being at a booking conference. And uh, at one of those conferences where you have a wide variety of campuses represented, you'd have artists come and comedians come and, and they did um, in most cases a 15 or 20 minute set. The object was to convince people that they would be a great a great act for the campus. And um, fortunately time is, is kind in, in forgetting but what I do remember is an artist who whose choice of language and their choice of uh, uh, topic one would say was not designed for every campus community because along the way there's a, there's differences in taste between let's say a public institution 
that has a wide variety of students and a high level of diversity versus a private institution uh, where it's a bit more selective. And I can still remember one situation where an artist uh, who was uh, a lesbian uh, was performing, uh, a comedian, and uh, uh, probably two minutes into her set, about four delegations, four different groups of, of students from uh, colleges got up and walked out. Out of, out of and, protest. Well, it was they. It was their way of saying this will never play at my campus, uh, and I am personally uh, offended. But we've also come a long way uh, in terms of the tools available to express one's discontent. Uh, you know, from from that of simply saying I don't want to book it. It's like you know, vote with your feet. Uh, but the the whole idea of, of, of cancel culture uh, internet has made that a a relatively easy tool uh, and and the ability to not just articulate your unhappiness but to uh, uh, share that globally and build an audience to say that was an unacceptable practice uh, so uh, do I think it's uh, you know uh, it, it, it's 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 bad for artists. I think that I think that anyone who decides to be in the public eye uh, is uh, being scrutinized at perhaps a different level, and there are tools that make that uh, make it more challenging to to be. At the same time, one can build an audience uh, faster. And uh, with a, a greater uh, a, a greater dynamic uh, via uh, the use of social media tools. So, do I? Uh, I'm I'm kind of struck by that question because it comes up somewhat regularly. It's like, do I agree with that? I I believe that um, you know that as much as the uh, college campus is the last bastion of free exchange of ideas, that there one still has to evaluate whether or not uh, what um, a speaker, what a performer is doing uh, is going to be accepted widely by all of the students there. I don't know if that quite answers it, but I think it's it gets in the way of someone's free speech, but there's also a, a cost of, of, uh, of performing, and that cost is I'm going to I'm going to do what I believe is creative and, and and culturally enriching. And if you disagree, you have multiple vehicles for letting me know you were unhappy. So I find this fascinating. And you and I have uh, uh, talked offline in the past about some of the changes that we see at uh, at university and college settings. I think in one of your uh, interviews as you were about to uh, leave UCLA, I think I was at a Greyhound bus station on the way to a book signing tour. Things were tight then a few years ago. And it was, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was waiting for the bus and they were trying to clean the bus. Someone had gotten sick on it. I don't know what the deal was, but it was either uh, Gentleman's Quarterly or Rolling Stone or Popular Mechanics where you were interviewed about your time. This will likely sound familiar. Uh, about your time at UCLA and one of the things that you were going to miss about your time there 
was being right in the middle of a population that was open to meeting new people, new ideas, and having an open, frank discussion. I, I'm paraphrasing it. I want to have Jose take us out on a moment for a station break because I think we have your um, son on the line. And, and now this is our, is this our second paid promo for the last five years? Anyway, so we don't <laughs> want to screw this up. We're going to be back in a minute. Take us out, Jose. We'll be back with Ken Heller, uh, UCLA 40-year veteran and a good, good friend giving us insight into what's happening right now on college campuses. Ken, thank you. We'll see you in a moment. Thanks for finishing with Just the Tip, America. You've been with Dr. Bill, and he is looking forward to creating yet another tip with you. We invite you to become a big, fat member and subscribe. Make your time spectacular. It is all up to you. Grab what you can at a life and join us at 